We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. This is the Week 15 podcast of the 2016 season. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com, here with Bears insider Aaron Lemming, discussing a 3-10 Chicago Bears team. How's it going? Oh, well, I think it sounds like I'm doing a lot better than uh, you and all the people in uh, Chicago right now, because I'm enjoying nice 55 to 60 degree weather where I've just got a sweatshirt on. So I'll, uh, I'll count my blessings there. Yeah, it is absolutely freezing in Chicago. For those of you who aren't in the uh, uh, Windy City area, I mean, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, probably on the East Coast, you're dealing with this too. But right now, it's uh, it's brutal out there. We have snow, uh, about a couple inches of snow out there on the ground. I don't expect that to leave anytime soon. And uh, yeah, weather's 12 degrees outside right now, going to be one, a high of one uh, this Sunday when the Bears play. But we'll get to that later. Let's talk about... Uh, the loss to the Lions this past Sunday, the Bears' 10th loss of the season, a 2017 uh, game that the Bears probably should have won, really. I mean, it came down to making a couple plays at the end of the game, shot themselves in the foot uh, late in the fourth quarter uh, when they had an opportunity to win uh, win the game. A couple back-to-back holding pen- penalties really hurt the team. Uh, but uh, another drop crucial drop by Josh Bellamy another pretty strong performance by the defense you know let me let me get your your overall thoughts on this outing well I actually didn't even get a chance to watch uh the whole entire game live um had some other stuff so I I, I got a, a chance to watch a majority of it on my phone and then went back and rewatched it and I, I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was yeah the defense I think <clears throat> they've they seem to have Matt Stafford's number. I know he had injured his, I can't remember what it was, one of his fingers, dislocated his finger, but 
Uh, I mean, this is a team. This is a defense, especially that that is on the rise. I mean, they're seventh in overall yardage. They're fifteenth in points, uh, and this is against you know going against uh, their own offense, which has been absolutely awful. So, uh, I think that was what stuck out to me. And and the other thing that was, I know there's not a lot of good to take out of this year, but I think one of the good things to take out is the fact that. I mean, they really are. They're hanging close with pretty good teams. Uh, you know, even even in the Tennessee game, I mean, Tennessee's been playing well, and they, they came back, and I mean, almost all their games this year, minus the few blowouts that they've had, have all been decided within the last drive of the game, and I think that's that's something that kind of shows you, even with the amount of injuries uh, and the amount of guys that are on IR and the holes that they have, and even the quarterback situation, I think that's something, a positive that you can take out of, if they're playing almost every game down to the last possession, where they have a chance to win the game, uh, I think that that bodes really well going to next year with a healthier roster, and they're going to have quite a bit of cap space. So I, I think it's kind of at that point in the season where, okay, you know what, they're, they're a three-win team. Uh, they've got they're playing three teams in the playoff race coming up, uh, so it's very unlikely that they're going to win probably more than one of those games. But I think there's still pluses to be able to take out of everything. Uh, and another one was Leonard Floyd. He didn't have a sack, but he had nine pressures, and I thought that was. That's pretty impressive. I mean, even if you can't be disruptive, uh, get get on the score sheet in terms of the sack column. I mean, to be able to have nine pressures in one game is pretty pretty impressive. So I think the Bears are making some progress. I don't think I, I still don't think they're as far away as everybody thinks they are. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that you want to look for in in a team that's a, a three win team going into the last three games of the season. Sure, and I, I agree about the fact that they've been in close games, and I actually think that makes this season. Uh, more frustrating and more disappointing just because they there have been about four games including this past week where one play here one play there they would have won that game and and you know we'd be talking about right now about you know what would happen if they went uh 3-0 down the stretch and how that might put them in the playoff race but instead they're they're a 3-10 team and that uh you know yes it bodes well for the future but i think you know bears fans are are you know i i the only thing we have to look forward to is the future, and that seems like every single year we're, we're doing that. So I understand the frustration on that that end from Bears fans' side, uh, you know. But it is what it is, and I, I think that you're right in the fact that you know you're looking at the positives here. You're looking at some of the younger guys. Yes, Leonard Floyd had a very strong game. Uh, he they I, I went back and did some film work uh, on Monday, and uh, they used Floyd. Uh, on a lot of the cross stunts, a lot of the pressures that he had came off of cross stunts, particularly effective when they did it with Jonathan Bullard and Bullard's ability to really penetrate. And that combined with Floyd's quickness and change of direction ability really uh, uh, disrupted the, the, the Lions offensive line and they didn't have an answer for it every time they did it. Uh, you know, he, he, he batted down a pass. He was uh, uh, pr- pretty good in, in coverage. He, they, they used him as a spiral on Matt Stafford as well, put him at the rover spot a couple of times as well. So really uh, a very di- diverse usage of Leonard Floyd, and, uh, you know, you he, he got production out of him in pretty much every category. I also thought that uh, Akeem Hicks had another strong game, uh, now has seven sacks on the season, second for the Bears, and I really think, you know, he was a beast against the run. I go back and watch that film. He had so many plays where he just swallowed up uh, an offensive lineman and then made the tackle as well. So I think his bid for the Pro Bowl, uh, his first Pro Bowl berth of his uh, now in his fifth year, I, I think that's legitimate. I think he's definitely played at a Pro Bowl caliber this season. I, we saw it again last week. So uh, I, I, I think Akeem Hicks, you know, he's the type of guy you give him that contract extension maybe this year, and then you lock him up long term because he seems to be the type of interior defender you can kind of build this defense around going forward. And you know, I, I think uh, bringing up Akeem Hicks is is a very good point, and the fact that. 
I mean, this is somebody who the Bears have signed for very less money from what he's actually producing. I mean, he's had a great year. Uh, I mean, he was a little inconsistent at the year, you know, at the at the start of the year. But I mean, he's really come on. Like you said, he's had seven sacks. But even outside of those numbers, when you look at what he's been able to do against the run and just how many snaps he's played and how he's been in the defense, I think he's a guy that. You know, you just signed him to a two-year deal. I get that. You know, going into this offseason, he's still going to have a year left. But I think at this point in time, and I've, I've said this a few times on Twitter, the Bears would be very smart in trying to lock him up, uh, extend him. You know, this this coming season in, in the offseason, I think that needs to be one of the priorities because this is a guy that's going to be, I think, what, 27 or 28 going into the year. So he's still decently on the young side. He's going to be going. He's only in his fifth year right now. So I think this is somebody that you have the building block. You have a guy in Ryan Pace that knows exactly who he is, uh, you know, was there when the, the Saints drafted him. So I think this is somebody that the Bears need to look at with Eddie Goldman as one of those guys on the defensive line that they need to lock up. And I think he's he's valuable to the point to where, I mean, you see some of the guys on the free agent market this year. You've got uh, Don Terry Poe and uh, Benny Logan and guys like that. And I think he's you can almost make the make the argument that he's right there with those guys and maybe capitalizing on the fact that, you know, if he's wanting to stay in Chicago and being able to get a deal done with one year left uh, for a three- or four-year extension, I think that might be smart for the Bears to do because I still think going out of this year into next year, if they can get him extended this offseason, I think it might be smart to do that. And realistically, he might only be asking for six, seven, eight million dollars per year versus if he has another monster, if he has a monster year next year, let's just say this is the year that he finally broke out and he starts improving, then the value of somebody making five million dollars this year uh, and then going into next year, not extending him when he hits a free agent market, then you're talking about maybe a 10 to 12 million dollar guy. So I think the Bears would be smart uh, to do their due diligence and try to get some sort of extension with him done. He's never really had an injury history. He's somebody who has seemed to be improving as the years go on. I think this would be a very smart move on the Bears' part to be able to extend him this coming offseason. Yeah, absolutely. I think right now, uh, not only are we looking at some of the younger players, but you're looking at foundation players. And the, I think Hicks is one of those guys. Something happened uh, to him when he when he went over to uh, New England last season. Once he started getting used in a more in a, in a better system. Uh, using him in a, in a proper way. We started to see it last year, and it's really transferred over uh, to this season. We saw it in training camp. I mean, I, we, you and I talked about it. Anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that I was very high on Akeem Hicks. You could see that he was just dominating the uh, you know his teammates during training camp, and that's just carried over to the season. So, yeah, get him locked up right now before it. Because like you said, he could grow. If he has another monster season, he's going to be priced out of the Bears' range. And then you're going to have to pay, you know, between or probably at least $12 million, especially if he, if he becomes a beast. So if you can get a beast for, uh, you know, six, seven, eight million, like you said, you, you do it now because the Bears are going to have that money to spend uh, this upcoming offseason. A couple other guys I want to talk about from the, the Lions contest. Uh, Craven LeBlanc had uh, the, the arguably the, the best play of the game for the Bears, the uh, pick six off of Matthew Stafford, where he cut underneath Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden, who Harold Jones 40 couldn't, couldn't even touch in coverage. Uh, LeBlanc was able to uh, uh, undercut that pass and return it for uh, for a touchdown, and uh, that that was as many touchdowns as the offense was able to score in that game. So <clears throat> he's another young guy that I'm really excited about. I think uh, he's developed as the season has drawn on. Had had some rough stretches, but I think you're going to get that out of any undrafted free agent. But uh, LeBlanc is a uh, you know he's a, a film 
uh, study. You know, he's always in the film room. He, lo- uh, you know, loves to get after the film, and I, I think that showed in the in the Lions game, and it's shown throughout the season as he continues to progress. And another player who's played very well over the past couple of weeks, Nick Kwiatkowski, did some all twenty two work. You can see at uh, BearReport.com. Uh, this is the real deal, kid. Downhill inside linebacker. I'm really excited about. Uh, him as the potential future, you know, as the as the play caller, and you know, with the intelligence and field uh, awareness that he brings, I do think that Kwiatkowski is that long-term interior inside linebacker that could, you know, be the next in a long line of uh, you know great Chicago Bears linebackers. Reminds me a lot of uh, young Lance Briggs. What are your thoughts on some of these guys? Yeah, I think uh, I've been really hard on LeBlanc most of the year. I really hadn't been a do impress with him uh, up until the last few weeks, and I think he's finally reaching that point. Almost kind of, I think it's almost a slower progression than what it was for Bryce Callahan. Um, and I, I mean, it's obvious they saw something in him, and it's I think it's paid off so far. And I think going into next year, I mean, defensive back is going to be a, a huge need for them at safety and corner. And you know, we can we can talk about that more in depth later on in, in different podcasts as the offseason progresses, but. So I, I think getting him, even even if he's depth down the line, I mean, the, the Bears have not had quality depth at corner in quite a while. And then you talk about Nick Kwiatkowski, and I think he really he really has impressed. And, I mean, his first few uh, first few snaps when when he came in, when Trevathan first went out the injury, I wasn't overly impressed. They were, you know, kind of splitting snaps between him and Christian Jones. And But he's really – he's another guy that's really developed. I mean, this whole entire, this whole entire rookie class really has been a pretty, pretty impressive so far. But – when I look at Kwiatkowski, I see. I think I see more of a Mike linebacker. I don't. I don't think I see that Jack where he's going to be able to to have the coverage abilities, which is completely fine. I mean, especially in a three-four, to be able to have somebody. I mean, he's he's very strong against the run, and he has a good presence about him. And that's something, especially last year. I mean, we when we when we sit here and we watch guys like Shane McClellan and we watch guys like Christian Jones and and even kind of John Timu to a certain extent, it's like you don't really see the aggression that you see with a guy like Nick Kwiatkowski. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, I didn't do too much film study on him uh, before the draft, so it was kind of one of those when they picked him, it was kind of like, huh, okay, that you know, they traded up to get him in the fourth round, and you kind of wonder, like, what have they seen this guy to be able to do that? But I think we're finally starting to see that. So and I think it's going to be important going into next year. Um, you know, Jarrell Freeman is starting to get older. Danny Trevathan is going to be coming off of yet another uh, serious leg injury. I mean, this is something that's been plaguing him for a while. So to be able to have that quality depth behind him, especially when you look at the draft, the draft class is somewhat strong at the top. And then you look at uh, the free agent market, the free agent market's not very good. So to be able to have depth and, and starting quality at that position, especially going into the next few years is going to be big. So I, but kind of touching back on the rookie class a little bit, I really think, I mean, you, you look at some of these guys, and obviously Leonard Floyd, Cody Whitehair, and uh, Jordan Howard seem to be the guys that kind of headline it, but you're seeing value all over the roster. I mean, when you when you look at a draft class, you can't expect all six, seven, eight, nine picks to be starting quality, and the fact that they already have three starting quality players, uh, you know, because I think Kwiatkowski's still a little bit down the line from really seeing if he's going to be a starting quality player. But, I mean, you're talking about your three headliners, and not only are they starting quality, but these guys are already borderline Pro Bowl-level players, especially with Whitehair and uh, Howard. I think Floyd's going to do nothing but go up. So 
Uh, I think that's another plus that you could take out of the year. I mean, this is a second draft class. It's, it's kind of hard to judge last year's, uh, but I mean, there's been some there's been some solid pieces, and this is better drafting than we've seen in quite a while from the Bears. So, uh, I think that's another thing to kind of monitor moving forward, and something that was that has really been shown the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I totally agree about Cody White here, and I, I don't think enough people are paying attention to how well that he's played this year, especially in that Lions game. Uh, he was dominant. His he had one snap. Uh, where where he and uh, Ted Larson, or it might have been Sitton, Josh Sitton, the left guard, they double teamed at the point of the attack, just crushed uh, the interior defender, and then the, the timing was perfect, and light, Whitehair get into the second level, and he put the inside linebacker on his butt. So that transition, you know, you see the athleticism for him to get out to the second level and then convert that athleticism into power at the, at the point of contact to the point where he drops an inside linebacker on his butt, and that opened a big hole for Jordan Howard. So I definitely think Whitehair has played at a Pro Bowl level. I think Howard has played at a Pro Bowl level as well. I, I could see both those guys getting into it. Maybe Howard as a, as a uh, as an alternate if somebody gets hurt. But you know he's he's second behind only Ezekiel Elliott in the NFL as far as rookie running backs and, and rushing yardage. So uh, you know it, it's exciting to see a, a draft class like this uh, produce at, right away. I mean we're not we're not talking about guys that are going to need another year or two before we, we start to get production out of them. We're getting it right now out of these guys. So that, that is very exciting to see and it gives you hope uh, for Bears fans You know, going forward that there are some foundation pieces that they are going to be able to build on here, uh, You know, those young guys. One, two more things I want to talk about the Lions and then we're going to move on and we'll, we'll just do this quick. One, Josh Bellamy, uh, <clears throat> I, I think it's in his head now. Uh, as far as the drops, he, he it's the only the easy ones he drops. Um, you know, the, the last catch that he could have had there on, on fourth down, that was not an easy catch, but it still was right there, bounced right off his shoulder pads. But the two catches, he, uh, drops he had before that, uh, no, nobody was around him. And you see this kind of weird hop that he does before he wants to catch a football, and I just really think this has all gotten into his head. And when, when he lets balls get into his body, that's when, when things get bad. The two catches, the circus grabs he made were you know two feet over his head, and uh, th- those weren't into his body, and he snatched them both out of the air right in, in between defenders. I mean, he looked like a Pro Bowl receiver on those, and he can't catch the easy ones. So I really think you know, his, if he lets a ball get into his body, he's, you know, He's not going to make the catch, but the Bears weren't relying on Josh Bellamy. Who they are relying on is Jordan Howard, and it, it amazes me that in, we keep having this conversation on every podcast and almost every week about Dow Loggins just continuing to ignore his best weapon. And uh, we're going to talk about Vic Fangio in a little while, but uh, you know this issue with Loggins is not is, is affecting everybody. Everybody, it's affecting the entire team, the coaching staff. Uh, and his his reluctance to lean on Jordan Howard. Uh, you look into the, into that game in the first half. Uh, they gave Jordan Howard the ball nine times. He ran forty eight yards. He was humming five point three yards per carry. There was no reason he shouldn't have gotten between nine and potentially fifteen more carries in that game. He ended the game with thirteen carries. So he got four more carries in the second half. His first run was for fourteen yards. That got, uh, in the second half, that got called back because of penalty. Two runs later, I think he had like the 30-yarder or the 28-yarder. And yet, he only ran the ball twice after that. And this was a game that the Bears were never out of it. They were never behind by more than a touchdown for like more than two minutes in this game. So it was never in a situation where the Bears had to throw, throw, throw just, just to get back into it. This was a tight game for most of the contest. And they could have just rode Jordan Howard and potentially... Uh, you know, ran off some more clock and not given uh, Detroit as many opportunities late in the game to get back into it. I don't understand what 
else needs to be done, especially when you have so... I mean, you didn't have anybody to throw to. Your, your best receiver was Josh Bellamy and Cameron Meredith. Marquise Wilson didn't play. Eddie Royal didn't play. You know, Alshon Jeffrey was suspended. Kevin White's on IR. And you're fire, You're putting the hands in the mat, putting the ball into the hands of Matt Barkley 32 times when you didn't need to. And I, and I guess let's just, let's just go move right, right into Fangio because this does affect Vic Fangio. Now, there was a rumor... Uh, or or, or an article written by the Chicago Tribune, uh, Mike Mulligan reported it, that uh, Vic Fangio is going to be on his way out almost assuredly uh, at the end of this season uh, because of some strife that is uh, going on currently between him and John Fox. So I went up there last week and I I talked to a few people and uh, there is is a situation between John Fox and... uh, 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 Vic Fangio right now. Now the now how far this is going to go, I can't tell you. But the 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 problem is, and this is this is the problem I was told is that it is Dowell Loggins, and the what the word the term that kept being used, kept being brought up was complimentary football, and how this coaching staff came into the season uh, with with a plan, and that was to to ride the rushing attack, and they have that they have the horse to do that, they have the offensive line to do that. No reason they can't do that, and then play very good defense. And I think even with all the injuries. And the suspension of Drell Freeman, McFangio and, and, and Ed Donatello really cobbled together. Uh, uh, they've done a great job. And, uh, you know, the Bears are right now seventh in the NFL in total yards, sixth in passing defense, fifth in sacks in the NFL. Um, you know, it, it, they've done their part, and Dow Loggins has not done his part, and it's John Fox's job on game day to rein in Dow Loggins, Loggins and say, hey, stop, stop throwing the football. Let's write, you know, you, you have no receivers, you have your fourth-string quarterbacks, stop chucking the football around and give it to your best player. And that's not something that John Fox has done. I mean, only only a few games so far this year have I felt, uh, you know, that they've used Howard in a satisfactory uh, manner. Other than that, they continue to underutilize him despite everything else that goes on around him. He's the one core piece that they have, and now... Not only is it hurting the offense and the Bears' ability to score points, now you have created a situation between your defensive coordinator and your head coach because your offensive coordinator can't get his act together. Now, how far this is going to go, I don't know. I, 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 there's going to be strife. There's going to be disagreements on any 3-10 and football team. A coaching staff on a 3-10 and ball club doesn't come and smiling at each other every day, you know. I don't expect everything to be rosy behind the scenes when you're getting pummeled each and every week. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know the level of this, and it definitely could happen. Fangio could leave. There is there is an issue there, uh, but I, but I was told that I, I you know, to not to look too deep into it. So um, I guess I'll pass it over to you. What do you think? Well, I've I've talked to reached out to quite a few people and kind of got the same thing. Um, it I, I think. I think with a three and ten football team, obviously there's going to be issues, and I ultimately there's I feel like there's a lot of spite, and including myself to a certain extent. I mean, with John Fox, so it's like almost any negative thing that somehow gets put out there, you're going to have somebody that is going to want to run with it, and I think that's really kind of what this is. I mean, I've talked to multiple people, and every person has told me at least that. It's it's unlikely that Fangio is going to go anywhere. It seemed like it's more of a like, kind of like you said. It's more of a you know an internal issue. But I I just don't. I, John Fox's biggest pull was the fact that he could bring in good coaches around him, and you're already at a point where it's obvious that Loggins was a failure 
um, in terms of promotion. I think he was a pretty good quarterbacks coach, but I, it's very obvious that he's in way over his head. And you're going into a third year where, realistically, I think every, I think everybody in the coaching staff is going to be back, including Fangio and, and Loggins at this point. And you're going into a third year where if things really go bad again, then I think John Fox and his whole entire thing, you know, his whole entire coaching staff is going to be out. Now, my thought on it is if John Fox is really going to make this a him or Vic Fangio, and this is just me personally, I'm taking Vic Fangio. It's like, okay, you know, I would rather have Vic Fangio – is an influence on my defense and even if he's an interim head coach for one year i'd rather have fangio i mean if it doesn't work it doesn't work but it i i don't think john fox has earned the benefit of the doubt with anything i mean obviously there's been injuries and i think ultimately that's what they're going to write it off as but we talk about dow loggins and i i think i mean this quote from him today about jordan howard really says everything he says obviously in a perfect world we'd like to accumulate more snaps and more carries for him well, whose job is that to do? It's yours. I mean, it, I mean, that's really all there is to it. This is Dow Loggins' job to do that, and, and it's every every. It seems like every week he's coming up with some excuses. Like, dude, you call the plays here, and like he brought up, it's it's pretty simple. You know, you you weren't down more than a touchdown the whole entire game, and somehow you're abandoning the run with a quarterback that is going into his third start and with no receivers you have Zach Miller's gone Alshon Jeffrey's gone Kevin White's gone Eddie Royal's gone I mean the list goes on and on and on and the fact that the fact that Barkley keeps throwing the ball it it just doesn't make any sense like I said I've I felt for the majority of the year like Dow Loggins really he's just in over his head and I think it would be smart for the Bears to let him go but the objective side of me knows that that's probably not going to happen i think it's more likely that we're not going to see any sort of changes with the coaching staff because this is a critical year i mean i I don't know how much sense it would make in to make to bring in another offensive coordinator um you know and if if things get better but he's still an issue but i i I think i mean this is technically second year as an offensive coordinator but could have fooled me i mean it looks like it, it seems like each week it's like his first game as an offensive coordinator at any level not even just the nfl level so and this is something that's got to be addressed because even going into next year, you look at next year, uh, very high chance Cutler's not going to be here. And your best offensive player right now, um, at least with Jeffrey out or you know with him being suspended, is Jordan Howard. I mean, there's really no doubt about that. So why not lean, lean on the strength of your offense? I mean, you have a lot of offensive linemen who are known for their run blocking. And if you've got next year, if you've got a rookie quarterback, or if Matt Barkley and a, and a rookie quarterback decide that they, you know, they're going to battle it out in training camp, it's like either way, the strength of your offense is not going to be passing the ball. That's really all there is to it. So, in the Bears have won games, and they've they've had good seasons with a good defense and a good running game and a below average quarterback. So it's like, why can't they go back to that? I mean, the, like you said, they're. They're seventh in overall points. They're fifth in sacks. I think the biggest thing with the defense that that needs to happen this offseason, they need to get some defensive backs that can cause some turnovers. They have ten turnovers, which is I think thirtieth in the league. So, but I mean, I could see it. And you know, going back to your original report about who you talked to, and uh, you know, I, I can see Loggins' play calling being an issue. I mean, it, it's an issue for me. I'm sitting. I'm sitting here watching this, wondering how is how is this happening how is an nfl caliber coordinator calling this kind of game i mean and i really think to a certain extent that's the reason the bears are losing some of these games and they're not playing to their strengths and a lot of that's coaching but at some point in time i think john fox has got to step in and say okay we we need to figure something out here because 
the offense being ranked where they are and the, the poor production and the lack of points, I think a lot of it, we've seen it with three different quarterbacks. We've seen it with multiple different players. Uh, I really do think a lot of the offense's issues is not really so much with the talent as more as it is with the coaching. Yeah, I, I do. I agree completely. And you made three three points I want to touch on. Um, the first is I agree defense is the future. I, I think you and I both agree that Jay Cutler won't be back. Even if he is back, you're not going to... Uh, you know, no sane, rational person thinks that Jay Cutler is the type of guy who's going to carry you to a championship. So you, you have to look at other options, especially if you're going to you know use a transitional uh, quarterback like Brian Hoyer or uh, you know even Matt Bartley, and or, you know because you drafted a young guy or you need that time for the young guy, whatever it is, you got to be able to win games with the defense going forward, and that's what makes it so crucial for Vic Fangio to be around. That's why this is such a big deal. Because Vangio is by far their best coordinator. We've seen the development of these defensive players this year. And if you give them another year with better health and with better players, another good draft, you can expect some pretty good things out of the, out of this unit. I mean, they're a top 10 NFL unit, and they have lost a ton of guys. So, I, you know, that's why this is important. And it, it, everything about this report seems backward to me. Like, it, it, I think you and I agree, and most knowledgeable Bears fans will agree that the the better way of going about this is to get rid of Dow Loggins, or even you know if you have to get rid of John Fox, and like you said, promote Vic Fangio to the position. I agree there. If it comes, if it's Fox or Fangio, I take Fangio. I, what what is John? I mean, John Fox right now I think has the the third worst uh, winning percentage in franchise history. What has he done to make you think that he's the guy? who uh, should be making all of these crucial decisions going forward about this coaching staff. He hasn't earned that yet, in my opinion. No matter what he did in Denver or what he did in Carolina, Vic Fangio just continues to prove his worth each and every week. So, uh, you know, if it, if it comes down to Fangio or Fox, then that's on pace. You know, let's say that is, let's say this is true. This is a true report, and it, it, and it is. Fox says it's me or, it's me or Vic. Then it turns, then it, falls on the shoulders of Ryan Pace. And then we see what type of general manager Ryan Pace is. What's he going to do in that situation? I mean, are you going to stay faithful to John Fox, who has really not done a whole lot since he's been here? Or are you going to maybe give an opportunity to a guy who should have had an opportunity a long time ago to be a head coach in the NFL and help carry the biggest strength of this team, which is your defense, carry, use that to carry you into the future? Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. I, I really think that you are correct in assuming that they'll all be back. I could I could definitely see that. And I think if no one leaves, if no one wants to leave, that's probably what's going to happen. I don't think anyone's going to get fired. But I think if it does, if, if this report is true, I think this says a lot about John Fox. And it could say a lot about Ryan Pace. And this could be, you know, one of those uh, uh, franchise-altering uh times and a decision that is going to be upcoming. Now, again, I, I, what I'm told, it's not at that point yet, but three weeks from now, if the Bears you know, end up the season uh, getting rolled, rolled over by the next three teams in, in an embarrassing fashion and just can't win a game, you know, things, it could get to that point. I could see that. And I think that's going to be a crucial time for both Ryan Pace and John Fox, and we're going to see you know, what, what both uh, men are made of, and uh, you know what what the future of this team is going to be. That's that's that might be that might be a turning point. We'll see how that that, that turns out here going forward. Uh, but best case scenario, in my opinion, Fangio stays, Loggins leaves, and uh, you know you go forward using the strength of your team to try and win games next season. All right, so let's move on to the injury report. And one big injury today: Marquise Wilson hurt. He was limited in practice yesterday with a groin injury. And uh, came out of last game, uh, the Lions game, with that same injury, but re-hurt his foot today. 
and the Bears are going to see if he's uh, if if he broke it again, the same foot that he's broke twice over the past two seasons. You think if if this if this is Marquise Wilson's last game here, would you assume that this is probably his last game in Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's kind of at the point with him. I I was high on him coming out of out of college. I thought. I mean, he had a second or third round grade for grade for most people. Had some issues with Mike Leach. I mean, that's nothing too surprising at Washington State. So. I think he had a lot of talent, and the guy, he's still so young, but the problem is is you just cannot stay healthy. If it's not one thing, it's another, and I think that's really what it's coming down to, and at least the reports are that it's another foot thing, and if it, I mean, if this is a foot thing again, this is going to be his, what, his third broken foot? I mean, it's just getting to a point where he's still young, but it's also, the Bears are at a critical point, especially at receiver, where they can't afford to keep adding more question marks into the mix. I mean, they've already got enough as is. I don't think even keeping Wilson around is, is depth at this point really makes much sense when you have a guy like Cam Meredith and anybody else they want to take. So, yeah, unfortunately, I do think this is going to be – I think this is probably it for Wilson, at least with the Bears. And I'd be surprised with his body of work. Uh, I mean, he may be one of those guys that's going to have to be a, a late signing in the year for somebody or late signing in the offseason for somebody in kind of a training camp competition. He's going to go out, have to go out and win something. I, I really think his development has been severely uh, damaged over the last few years because of his health, and it, once again, it strikes. Yeah, and it, it is disappointing because we have seen flashes out of Marquise Wilson. And, it, you know, he's 6'3". Two hundred uh, almost two hundred ten pounds. He, good speed, uh, good height, good jumping ability. I mean, physically, athletically, he's everything you want in a, in a potential number one NFL wide receiver. And you have seen some of those flashes. He is still young. I think he's only twenty three years old. I mean, this is a guy whose future could be very bright in the NFL. But the injury issues and the and the just his unreliability. Uh, while he's been in Chicago, is it's it's been frustrating, and you know it's it's hard to rely on him going forward. That said, I, I you know I don't think the 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 door is going to be closed on Marquise Wilson as far as his NFL career. Um, you know this is a, 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 a bad time for this injury, and it could you know obviously affect make him miss time here going forward uh in the next season but i if i'm the bears you know i take a risk i say hey let's go let's sign a one-year deal uh very incentive uh based deal uh based on how much time he's able to play next season and see what you know give him one more shot it's not going to hurt i don't think he's going to be a big uh uh uh, target for a lot of other teams and free agency i i still think there's some potential with marquise wilson and yeah, this, these foot injuries are frustrating. And if and if you get a bad uh, medical report back, then yeah, you move on. But hey, if they say there's, there's still some some hope for the kid, maybe give him that one year deal and see what you can do with him going forward. All right, so let's move on to this Packers contest at home, Soldier Field. One degree is the high uh, forecasted for Sunday. So this is going to be a cold, cold game. Bears practice for an hour today outside in this Chicago weather, which is uh, you know co- comparable to what they didn't have to deal with on Sunday. So they got at least a little bit expo- a little bit of exposure to it. But uh, you know that, that weather is going to affect uh, pass, the, the passing attacks for both teams. I think that's going to put the emphasis even more on the rushing attacks. Now, from the Packers' standpoint, that's not good because James Starks got into a 
a car accident this week. He's going through concussion protocol right now. They might be without him. They're already without Eddie Lacy, who is on injured reserve. And they might be back in the same situation that they were back in Week 7 when these two teams met, where they're going to have to rely on Ty Montgomery, a converted wide receiver, to be uh, their running back. So I think that, that gives the Bears an advantage there. I think the Bears' run, running game, as long as Loggins uh, you know, realizes that that's what he should do, is uh, lean on Jordan Howard. If they do that, I definitely think the Bears have an advantage there. I think it's going to be a little difficult for Aaron Rodgers to throw in in that horrible, horrible weather, especially if he gets hit a couple of times. And uh, you know the, the, that type of weather is easy to get injured in too. So uh, I, I, I still think the Packers uh, are, are definitely have uh, you know the advantage in this one. Packers are playing lights out right now, but there's a little bit of hope, right? Yeah, I mean it's with the way the Bears are playing. I think they they have a chance to be in all the last three games. I mean, really, the the Bears and the Packers, you never really know what you're going to get. I mean, I think last year was a prime example of that, especially in that in that Thursday night game. So, but I, I really think that overall, the the bad weather and just the way the Packers are playing, I think I think is going to end up favoring the Packers because you have a quarterback at Aaron Rodgers, who, in my opinion, is still a top three quarterback in the league, maybe the best quarterback in the league, depending on how you look at it, and you have a guy like that who it you could have hurricane force wins and he's still going to find a way to get the ball to his receiver i mean that's just really the way it goes so i mean i i just think especially if the bears are limiting themselves to uh just a run game kind of like they did with san francisco and not passing as much and even if it was just a wide open game plan i just don't think this favors them I, the packers are hot i mean there's really no way around them as a, as a bears fan i mean you sit there and you watch them start off four and six and like wow they're gonna miss the playoffs this year and all of a sudden they're seven and six and they have uh you know they have their they're basically holding their own destiny right now so you know i'm sure as conflicting as it is for most bears fans that want to see a high draft slot but at this point i mean you also don't want to see them lose to the packers and especially if that means the packers get in the playoffs but it uh like I said, you just never know what to to expect in these kind of situations. I do expect, uh, well, I, I expect when I, I guess subconsciously shouldn't, that Jordan Howard is going to have quite a few carries, uh, you know, with the cold weather. So I, it'll be interesting. I don't think the Bears are going to win this game. I, I just don't think it's a very favorable matchup. But I do expect it to be somewhat close, just like I expect the last few games. I mean, they're playing three teams in the playoff race right now. And I, I think – they have the opportunity, whether that be uh, Packers, Minnesota, or uh, Washington. Really, any of those teams take a loss in the next three weeks, and you know, to the Bears, and their season's basically done. So the Bears have a chance to derail at least one team season. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think it's kind of exciting, and it could start this week. But ultimately, I don't think they're going to have enough uh, firepower, and just the way. The Bears are going backwards in a sense, and the Packers are moving forward at a very high speed. And I just don't think it's uh, this this time in the season. I think this is where the Packers start getting stronger, and the Bears have kind of tailed off. So I, I just I think ultimately the Packers are probably going to win this game, but I think it might be closer than people think. Yeah, between weeks six and eleven, the Packers only won one contest, and that's like you said, they got they went under five hundred. People started panicking. Uh, just so happens that that one game they won during that uh, bad stretch was a game in which they pummeled the Bears. Uh, now they're on a, they've just been on fire. They've won three in a row. They're coming off a 38-10 drubbing of the Seahawks, who are still a, a pretty good team. And uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 10 touchdowns 
Over the last four games, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 10 touchdowns compared to no interceptions. At Seahawks game, he had a 150.8 QB rating. So right now he's in the MVP conversation, as he is uh, at a lot of times this year. Really has has turned it on at the right time. Some of those issues that we saw earlier this year and, and last year uh, seem to be gone. He looks like that same player that he was uh, you know, back in 2000, uh, 2012 and 2013 when he was just lighting the league up on fire. So, yeah, I think the cold weather helps the Bears in a sense, and it might make it difficult for some of the receivers uh, to catch some of those footballs, but I don't, uh, I don't think that's really going to play uh, have a huge effect on Aaron Rodgers. I think if they need to throw the ball, he'll figure out a way to get it done. I just think the Bears, you know, the only, the only chance they have is to ride Jordan Howard. I mean, John Fox even said it yesterday. you got to keep Rodgers off the field. Uh, you know, it, it, it's almost like Michael Jordan. You can't, you, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. You know, Rodgers is going to get his. Uh, so, you know, the best chance you have is just to, make, to eat up that clock. So, again, this, uh, you know, we're not, we're not talking about what Vic Fangio has to do. We're talking about what Dow Loggins has to do to help out Fangio's defense. If Jordan Howard goes out there and rushes for 200 yards, I think the Bears have a chance. So I think that, uh, you know, this is it's an unlikely win. I think, the, like you said, both teams are going in opposite directions. But that Bears defense is uh, climbing up the ranks and uh, played a very good game. Played last two weeks, it played very, very good. So we'll see what happens. I, 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 don't, I don't have a lot of hope for Bears fans. Uh, but you never know, like you said, in, in, in an NFC North Divisional contest, sometimes the records don't mean as much. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, this week, and uh, we'll see if the Bears can, you know, get a, uh, an emotional win and a win that could potentially knock the Packers out of the playoffs. That would be a nice consolation prize for uh, the Bears players and for Bears fans this year. That's it for our Week 15 podcast. Two more podcasts coming up here over the final two weeks of the NFL season. Then we'll have a review podcast and uh, we'll talk about any changes that the Bears make immediately after the year, if any. And then we'll move into the offseason, into the draft. And I think really at this point that's... Uh, what we might be talking about a little bit more here over the next coming uh, weeks, just because you know the draft positioning and who's going to be available—that's that's huge. That's uh, you know the Bears are going to have one of those prime spots. I'm really looking forward to getting in into some of that draft stuff and really getting knee deep and, and looking at some of those players. That'll do it. Let's. Uh, <clears throat> we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks, but make sure you get at us on Twitter. Follow Aaron at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can give me a follow at Bear Report. Come check out our work at BearReport.com. Uh, Aaron and I both write uh, over there. All of our work is there. You can also find it at the Facebook Bear Report page. Also, the message boards at Bear Report. Come check us out. Talk to us every single day. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Love to hear your feedback. That'll do it this week, guys. Hopefully, we're talking about a 4-10 Bears team next week coming off a win over the Packers. If not, we'll be talking more about what draft position they'll be getting and how high of a pick they'll have. Hope you have a great one, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.